HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The following program has been brought to you by Rolling Press, a family-run, eco-friendly printing company. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. And welcome to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. Couldn't have been a better day to talk about flowers, <laughs> am I right? Roberta Ben David from Gramercy Tavern. Not only Gramercy Tavern, Union Square Cafe, Mylino, Union Square Hospitality Group, yes. the in-house floral arranger designer. Thank you. <laughs> I walk into that restaurant, and even day today, uh, where we're, we're we're getting quite a snowstorm. Um, I look at that harvest table, and it, it just invites you with such warmth, but also kind of precedes the meal. You kind of know what you're going to get, both food and feel. Um, but I want to talk about, what is it, <laughs> 93, 94, there was a huge snowstorm in New yes, York. Tell yes. me about that day. Oh, it's funny that you ask. <laughs> I woke up this morning, and uh, I remembered so clearly... Uh, the, the snow, it was February 11th, 1994, and it was an incredible snowstorm. Um, so bad that, or so good, uh, that I left my apartment with my cross-country skis and skied down Fifth Avenue to Madison Square Park and, and skied there for hours and hours and realized that right across the park was where Tabla and 11 Madison would soon be. It was a time when I was waiting for Danny's answer, whether he was going to hire me for Gramercy Dan- Tavern. Danny Meyer, Danny is, Meyer yeah. yes. Um, the, the building, the uh, the restaurant was being built, um, and I had approached him, and it, it was not the most important thing at the moment. And I was skiing, and and there, like I said, of the eventual Tabla and 11 Madison Park, 
But I had this epiphany, and I realized it's all going to be okay. He's going to hire me. Yeah. It was, it was, and I skied back, and I skied the whole weekend in that park. It was amazing. So I think today was a memory, a great memory. Yeah. Perfect time to <laughs> and be And we're here. 20 years. We're going to be 20 years. Gramercy Tavern is going to be 20 years that's old. That's just, that's just amazing because it's also held very tried and true. You know, it opened with Tom Calicchio and yes. now the chef is uh, Michael Anthony. Yes. And even though their food differs, their ideology kind of exactly. stays the same. Yes, absolutely the same. And and from the very beginning, well, a little history on the, the tavern table. Um, when I um, first started... The flowers were very different at Gramercy Tavern. Um, the table was supposed to be a cheese service. And during D- uh, Danny's journey through antique shops, finding all of these beautiful pieces from for the 1700s, 1800s, um, he found these domes these, that would house the cheese. And it, the whole idea was lovely. And I'd put flowers on the table and herbs and... And then the restaurant opened, <laughs> and it was a very, very busy, highly trafficked area because it was the path to the dining room. So in, I would say, less than a month, the table became mine. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was mine. I mean, it's like, the, think about the real estate in <laughs> New York City. Yeah. So I was, and, and from that day on, they, neither Tom nor uh, Danny, and now, of course, Michael, Anthony, um, they've allowed me to to um, present each season without any, only with compliments. Yeah. Without any objection to anything I wanted to do. Well, I mean, let's talk about the felicity so, of actually gaining that harvest table, making it your own, because you spent years in New York City as... A fashion publicist. Yes, I know. What was that life like? It was unbelievable. I had I I had two fabulous careers. I mean, my my fashion background was amazing. I started at Esquire magazine. Um, um, basically, my my background was menswear. It was during the the Peacock Revolution, and uh, we would produce of fashion shows they were called European fashion fairs and um, it was menswear and eventually women's wear all European and the shows were incredible Um, I styled the pages for Esquire magazine when Esquire magazine was a large format so it was in the late 60s it was it was an amazing time then going into uh, I was a publicist all through the 70s and it was Studio 54. My, our, our shows, my fashion shows and parties were at Studio 54. And it was fabulous time for, to be in fashion in New York. It was just incredible, incredible time. Um, and I was in fashion for, for 20 years. Yeah, and, and in that same vein, was food a part of your life then? Food was... Um, I became a vegetarian. <laughs> it was it was important in my life. Um, I was a vegetarian, so it was important because I was changing my whole philosophy about eating. So I was uh, cooking more, you know. And um, but uh, as far as uh, mm, more the beauty of food, 
the beauty of vegetables because I was eating vegetables. And that's how I met these farmers in the green market because I was eating vegetables. And I was, so it was more that whole um, idea that, oh my God, this is the most beautiful thing I ever saw. And yeah. then it evolved into my using all of this as part of my, my, uh, my decoration. Um, but, you know, to have those, these two careers in New York it was uh, very. It's very special. So, so what did you do? Just walk up to Guy Jones at Union Square <laughs> Green Market, say, "I'm leaving fashion for farming. I want to be well, a florist." No, he made the offer. Yeah, <laughs> he made the offer. Um, no, because I had been buying from that. He he um, he was the first organic uh, farmer in 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 Union Square um, in the Green Market, and. I found them, and that's where I would buy all of my food. And we we were we became friendly. He and his sister were running the stand, Cindy and Guy. And um, they said that during the off season, after in order to um, continue in the green market, their source of re- their their uh, source of income was foraging and making flower arrangements. And I said that's that's. You know, that's my hobby. My hobby is I've always, always, I didn't tell you that, but that was always a hobby. <laughs> I assumed. <laughs> I assumed there was something. I didn't think it was, it was like all of a sudden like, screw this, I'm doing flowers. In all my fashion shows, there yeah. were flowers. You know, going back to that, there were there were flowers in all of the shows. Um, so I said, that, that, that's, you know, I, I, I love doing flower arrangements. Um, anyway, to make a long story short, they made me an offer to... Um, to live on the farm and take care of all the flowers, the edible flowers, to grow flowers, to make bouquets, to grow flowers that we dried, to combine with forage flowers and pine and all that. It was a sensation. It was, nothing was ever, ever, first of all, the stand itself was just beautifully done. You know, everything was displayed beautifully. Um, And it was just such a, a joy. It was just an incredible... The green market was very special. It was much smaller. It was a big family. Everybody, you know, just knew each other. And it was um, very special. So I was able to start my flower career there, which was my object. The uh, the objective of the my moving... I wasn't going to give up a career for nothing. Yeah. There was a reason <laughs> behind uh, it was 20, uh, a funny story, it was 20 years, so I honestly didn't really want to leave where I was. I had a fabulous, I was doing PR for this wonderful designer. Um, so I challenged myself. I said, I'm not leaving until I get in the cover of GQ. I had been styling the pages of GQ before that. So I said, I'm December issue, I'm going to get his tuxedo on the cover. So it was August, I think. There's a they work way in advance. Um, I got him on. I got him on the cover, and I left. <laughs> but but I, I felt good about it. Yeah. You know, he was not happy. My family was not happy. No one understood why I was leaving this fabulous career to move up to an organic farm to do flowers. But it, it was um, divine intervention. Yeah. The whole thing was. It was a path. That that I I saw I saw that there was there was something 
there was something that was going to evolve. So that this relocation to the Hudson Valley. Yeah. What was your role on the farm, Blooming Hill? I, I, mean, I you tended to everything. No, no, that he had several, several people working there. I, I basically was in charge of the flowers, so it was all of that, and and creating this little workshop in the barn to make flower arrangements that we would take down to the um, the green market, go foraging. That was the best. <laughs> we would just go out into these fields and and just pick the most fabulous weeds, pods, and, you know, I mean, it was, but it, it was the kind of thing where we knew exactly what we needed to make these bouquets, and we knew which fields to go to, and it was incredible. We were in this 58 yellow um, Chevy truck. It was, it was just a magical time. A really magical time. Weeds, pods. Weeds and pods. Let's talk about some of those because I, there's obviously the edible aspect to some of your arrangements during the more edible seasons. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without but, a doubt. But what non-edibles, what kind of branches, leaves, other aspects were you bringing in? There were, um, well, you, they were probably unrecognizable in the state that we brought them in. You know, they were all shades of brown and gray. <laughs> but because I was drying flowers, that brought the color, the color in. But, um, you know, besides things like, you know, ordinary things like cattails, um, their names for <laughs> escape me. <at> yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's talk, you know how you said, uh, um, you know, the magazines work ahead. So obviously dry flour is not, a, you know, put it in the microwave or put it in the oven and no, dry No, no, no. The barn was filled with dry flowers yeah. drying. So when did you have to think about drying flowers for, I mean, let's talk about winter, like winter oh, months right now. Yeah, we, we knew exactly what we were, I mean, we planted seeds for flowers that would dry uh, by the winter. Yeah. Exactly. You know, before before uh, uh, the farm, I had a little flower business in my uh, in my apartment. Um, I I had a dried flower. You know, in the eighties, there were, uh, one of the reasons I left the fashion industry is it was not a great time. The economy was not good. Budgets were changing. That's one of the that's one of the things that sort of pushed me. I started a little dried flower business. I was there was a store called Portico in Soho, and um, he. I took a sample. <laughs> I took a sample of flowers, dried flower arrangement. They were really intricate, very detailed. I didn't take that into consideration. They were just beautiful, and I would find old pewter containers and fill them with. I dried all of my flowers in my apartment. Um, so I went, I went down to, to Portico and showed him these samples. And, and he, so he gives me this invoice and puts the list, and he puts five, six. He wanted multiples, <laughs> you know, in, in a month. So I didn't take that. That was the beginning of my, my flower yeah. <laughs> business. But it worked out. It, it really worked. So anyway, drying. I dried flowers um, according to what I wanted in my in my arrangements. You know, um, did I answer your question? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. let, let's 
pretend you were still drying flowers in your apartment, what would we see today in that apartment? <laughs> what does a January in Roberta's? In January, January, um, it's that's it would it would probably be very very um, neutral tones, a very neutral. It would be grays, um, browns, um, white tree mushrooms. It would bring the white the white in. Um, right now, Gramercy is. This is the only month that there are no edible. There's nothing edible on the table. I know. I, I tried. I tried, but like I said, you know, I, I. There, just so many roots you can put on, on the table, and I and I love the cleanness of, the winter white, because I have somebody that in the, in the summer I ordered white European birch, so. <clears throat> And it's not hard. It's not. It's not easy to find. It, it, it's. It's a. It's very different than birch that you would normally see. It's pure white. Um, so I ordered bales and bales of it. So the restaurant right now is. I love the purity, but it's like after our huge Christmas, and the colorful. It, 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 did you Did you see Christmas? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was just a beautiful, beautiful moment. We needed that change. We needed the clean, clean slate now. So it's, it's winter white and touches a green here and there. We're actually going to take a quick break. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk about color themes, holiday themes, and so much more. You've been listening to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We'll be right back. Today's program was brought to you by Rolling Press. Rolling Press is a family-run digital and offset print house that brings together eco-friendly methods, ethical practices, and personalized service. Using environmentally responsible papers, non-toxic inks, and wind power, Rolling Press represents the harmony of traditional craftsmanship and mindful sustainability. Rolling Press offers advice on reducing paper waste and energy consumption, helping you save money and minimize your carbon footprint. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. Welcome back to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. Of course, talking flowers in the dead of winter with Roberta Ben David. <laughs> Great timing, right? Well, we were talking we, about that tabula rasa, that white, that clean slate that's yes. at Gramercy right now. And I know you do variances on themes, you know, yes. colors. Yes. But holidays, obviously, Christmas, 
New Year's just passed, are such a big thing at the restaurant. Let's talk Huge. about Valentine's Day. Oh, my God. Because it's not all roses. No, no. I happen to have just found, and no one knows about this yet. Don't tell anyone. I oh, no. <laughs> no one listens to this show anyway, so it's fine. I found um, this old painted red container with hearts on it. I thought I was going to pass out when I saw it. <laughs> No, it was. I found it a few months ago, so that's going to be the, the the base of Valentine's. Valentine's is um, it's it's sweet. I mean, the table becomes this sort of Victorian, sort of turn of the century, uh, romantic moment. <coughs> and yes, there are red roses. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were talking just before the show about how. Obviously, it fits in this space so well, but yes. how you work with Chef Michael Anthony too—that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are elements on the table that are in the food—and you guys once got in a little. Well, I'm we tried. Chef about no, no. Fava beans, but, but I uh, right, right, right. <laughs> I, I, I try to rush the season because um, I can't wait to use <laughs> to, to get into the spring vegetables. Um, so I do try to push the season, but I respect Michael's um, whole take on really seasonal. So I hold back, yeah. and I use my garlic scapes instead of uh, the fava beans. And No, it's, it's fun. I was just thinking that val- Valentine's Day is not going to have anything except maybe... I'm not sure if there's going to be anything edible. Oh, it'll be a surprise. Yeah. yeah. It'll be a surprise. I'll be I'm, I'm work- it's, it's evolving. Yeah. yeah. So when does edible season start for you as a florist? Um, it starts. <coughs> it starts because we're very true to this. We really are. It starts spring, but my spring starts earlier. I mean, there are regulars that come into Gramercy that wait for forsythia, and I, it's a very ordinary flower. But when you see it in mass in that restaurant. It's ex- extraordinary. It's really extraordinary. So that's why I want to push the fava beans because it just goes so well yeah. with the yellow. I <laughs> mean, like ornamental kale and cabbage. Does that happen during this season? Oh yeah, but that happens in season. That's yeah. that's later. Yeah, that's much later. This year I have a garden upstate. So this year I'm going to when the fava <coughs> beans are growing. It's the most extraordinary. White with a black, white and black flower. You never saw anything like it. And then, I w- I want to use them this year. But of course, you're sacrificing the beans because it's. But I'm going to do it this year. I decided that I'm going to grow some things. Yeah. Only for, only for display. So does your growing ever inform the kitchen? And you know, conversely, do you ever eat the food at Gramercy, get inspired by what you see on the plate? Well, the colors, of course, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's a collaborative thing, absolutely. I mean, don't forget, I, I still go to the green market. Um, and, uh, you know, you're in, I'm inspired by that first and then bring the flowers in. You know, I'm, I'm all, it's, that's my whole thing, or, the, or the, the, the vegetable part of, vegetable and fruit part of, my arranging, yeah. my flowers, yeah. Well, I, I want to see Not how you cook someday. How <laughs> you arrange on a plate, too. Because ah, that, yes, yes. 
Very, very interesting. That's a, a curious. Yeah. Someday. So what, what do you cook at the house? Let's not talk about my cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've been into uh, raw food lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But luckily, you know a great restaurant that you frequent. <laughs> I eat at Gramercy a lot. <laughs> yeah, not a bad thing. Nothing to be ashamed. If 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 that was my role in life, eating at Gramercy as much as I can, I, I would be so extremely happy. I do make soup every week. Yeah, in the winter, yeah. especially today. Yeah, <laughs> certainly a soup day. Um, a couple other flat, you know, winter jasmine. I, I just assume it's a kind of a winter flower because it has winter in the name. I, I do use, I do use. There are some flowering plants there. There yeah. definitely are some. But right now it's white. So if it's if you're white, you're in. Yeah. But it, I don't. I, I'm not using any any color until until uh, February twelfth. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's talk about the rest of the year because that's where you know the breath of. Your flower arranging happens right, spring, right. summer, fall. Um, what are some of your favorite flowers throughout the season or favorite, you know, petals, buds, pieces of, of edibles that happen, end up on the table? Well, I, I love flowering herbs. Um, I, I love every every herb. If you let it go to seed, it creates, you know, the most incredible, incredible flowers. Um, I love... Uh, like I said, the the, the fava beans, um, fennel fronds, um, leaves from. I love to take um, the leaves from beans and use them in my my arrangements. Um, strawberry leaves, you know, just the foliage from all of the vegetables to me are extraordinary. Um, as far as the first sign of life, the garlic escapes, you know, and then letting the on- all of the alliums go to flower. I mean, they're un- they look like they're from out of space. Yeah. They're incredible. The they're little really, purple poofs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just, they're just magical. And then when you see them growing in a f- in a field, in rows, you know, it's there's nothing there's nothing better. Yeah. Like a series of masses of that kind of, of but flower. Then how do you take that and reorganize it to fit in Gramercy? You know, there. Well, that's why you know. Probably you would come in and say, "Oh, I, yeah, I get it, I get it," because it's done in. Um, it's sort of fantasy in a way because I I do miniature ideas of what a field would look like growing. Uh, on the farm, um, sometimes you know people get it, and sometimes yeah, sometimes they don't. Well, did you but take Ikebana? Did you no? Did you study European gardens? I, I well, I, Constance Spry, huge in, in, influence, um, Dutch master painting. You know, I mean, it was very, very eclectic. What my <coughs> um, what inspired what inspired me um, and. To this to this day, I could go into a field, like one of my favorite things to do, just go into a field, and I know exactly what to pick, and by the end of this walk, I'll have, for me, the, the perfect combination. So it's it, there's something, 
I don't know. It's very intuitive. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just, I don't know, there. Well, it's, it's the language of flowers. It's the language of you flowers. You know, I, I was reading about, yes. I think there's a term, it's like floriography, which is actually, you're, you're transmitting, uh, um, you know, an idea with right. said flowers. And it's not like just Ikebana where it's about shape and form. Right. But in, in the same way that you said, trying to get someone to understand where they came from, the, the, the scope of the field. So these flowerscapes. It, exactly. And it's, and it's also sometimes using the root, taking the flower out by the root. And that is just... It's, I mean, that, you, you know that the whole idea of the tavern, my whole idea in my head, was that it's this tavern sitting in the middle of the fields in the 1800s. And whatever is in the restaurant, I went out to the farm surrounding the tavern and picked. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously. Yeah. That was, that was the idea. That's why everything is so seasonal, because I wanted to be, you know, a walk through the garden path at the, in the, back, door, at the back door of Gramercy. I want it to feel like that, you know, and hopefully I do it sometimes. Oh, absolutely. It's so yeah. transporting. I mean, yeah. you walk into the place and you forget you're on, what, 19th Street, 20th Street? <laughs> I know. That, you know, you're in Gramercy, that the buildings are oh. so high you can barely see the sun, but there's this glow about the tavern itself oh, that thank you. certainly has that aspect to it. You know, now some of the more technical questions, yes. because I know... People always want to know how to care for flowers. You know, there's yes. pennies in the water, you know, crushing was, Advil. Right. I don't have any... I do use bleach. But, I, I, you know, I was very lucky. I, I did take... I was... Um, one... A few months, I worked in a flower shop. Up, up, uptown. Rhine, in the Rhinelander building, where Ralph Lauren is now. Um, and I just wanted to learn everything about fresh flowers because I had been doing all dried flowers and I was on the f- working on the farm. And then I wanted, I wanted to take the next step because I knew I wanted to decorate restaurants. That was, so I wanted to learn everything about conditioning flowers and how to keep flowers. And I did. You know, I learned um, this British woman took me under her wing and she taught me and taught me everything about you know, whatever she knew. It was great. It was, I was very, very... Very lucky. Um, so we are at Gramercy every day, and although the flowers are, you know, we tend to the flowers every day, you, you, you really, they don't last that long. I mean, yeah. no matter what you do, no matter what you do. Um, but I'm sort of into replacement gardening. So replacement my plant, my, the plants that you see, May not be the same plant that you saw a month ago. I like that. Replacing <laughs> I sneak in in the morning and change. <laughs> no, but it's you know, there are some. There are, it's difficult to keep things alive under artificial light. Yeah, you know, it's we don't have great light there, but um, it works. It yeah, it works. So obviously, Union Square is a big vendor of yours. Going to the green market. Yes. Um, do you frequent the Flower District? You oh, know? constantly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it's absolutely. just 28th Street between 6th and 7th? It's 28th between 6th and 7th. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm there I'm there a few times a, a week. Yeah. Um, I used to carry everything on my bike, everything with a bungee, to fly to the law of gravity every day. I don't know how I did it, but delivered flowers on my bike. 
and then um, then I <laughs> then I uh, delivered flowers in Sabrina, my '61 Buick LeSabre convertible. Oh, man, I wish I could have seen. Oh that. my God! Oh, I still have still? her. Still? Yeah, I still have her. Um, and now I, you know, now I, I've become very serious, and I have a, a delivery Jeep. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I go to the flower. I go to the green market also. But we walk to the green market. Um, but I'm in the flower market. The flower market's in, in, uh, very seduct- seductive. Yeah. I mean, I can get peonies right now. You know, if if I, I can get peonies. They're from New Zealand. I mean, it's amazing, amazing what is available there. Incredible. Yeah, I know. For my wedding, we went to Dutch Flower Line. And- fabulous place. It's really hard to curb your enthusiasm because everything's exactly. so so beautiful, and you just want more and more and more. Um, so, how do you use? What are your favorite shops, and what do you um, look for at this time of season? Uh, well, I go to. I, there aren't that many left anymore. You know, they're trying to <coughs> eliminate some. Because it's my is. favorite thing: walking around those streets oh, and fantastic. everything's out. So it feels like walking through a jungle or it's a forest. Fantastic. Or, but there's, you know, there's. I, I shop at Associated. I shop at G Page. I shop at Dutch. Um, the um, foliage places are fantastic. You can get, you can get, and, and if if you don't see it, ask for it. You know, and uh, they're very accommodating. Yeah, it's a world flower market. <laughs> really accommodating. It's fantastic. It really is. So, like chefs who always are looking for the new ingredient. What are new flowers or things that you're trying to implement in your designs this year? Hmm. Good question, Michael. Try. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with a zinger. <laughs> new flowers. New flowers. Um, well, I'll tell you the last year, my new favorite was actually it's been a couple of years. It's a yellow tree peony. It's extraordinary. I mean, just the most beautiful, beautiful flower. Um, there are a lot of, another favorite is lilac. There are a lot of new varieties of lilac. There are a lot of new varieties of, of hydrangea. Another passion of mine is hydrangea. Did you ever see our hydrangea? In the, the end of August, beginning of September? Yeah. It, it, it's un- incredible. That's They're one like, of the few flowers I always know. Because I have climbing hydrangea in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. We have a on top of on the bar, an enormous, an enormous hydrangea display that I have a hard time letting go of. I really do. Kangaroo's paw, one of my favorites. That's one of your favorites. Yeah. See, I here's the thing. Because I go out of Gramercy's back door and go and pick my flowers. The kangaroo paw don't grow there. Maybe we could do a pop up someday somewhere where it grows. <laughs> You know, I miss Tabla yeah. because kangaroo paw at Tabla. Perfect. Yeah. You know, I don't use it at Mayalino. It's, it's for me because I try to keep true to the feelings of the restaurants. Um, for me, the flowers from that type of flower doesn't work for me, although I admire it. I do admire it. I know we've talked about Gramercy most of this time, but yes. you obviously do arrangements in a few of the restaurants. I do. Uh, I, I decorate Union Square Cafe and Maialino. So how do they differ? Um, Maialino, I try to have it feel like 
a Roman trattoria, where the flowers are insignificant, basically. I mean, think about going to a Roman trattoria. You know, it's it's like going to the flowers, <coughs> the flowers that are sold in the the farmer's market, the vegetable stands in Rome. Whatever's there, you grab. So, you know, I. it's a little bit more than that. But I basically want to try to keep it a little um, casual. A Union Square Cafe is more California, more a little bit Italian. It's um, very limited space. So I have to be, you know, keep everything very confined. But um, all the, any restaurant, I, I at one point was doing eight of Danny's restaurants. The Modern and Tabla, Love and Madison, Blue Smoke. So everyone, um, I try to have the flowers complement the feeling of the space, um, which was really the fabulous challenge. Yeah. Really fabulous Well, again, challenge. like you said, there's been nothing but compliments for the flowers since oh. you started. Oh, 20 years. You. Congratulations. 20 years. Thank you. And if you've not been to Gramercy Tavern, obviously go eat the food, but you will see that harvest table. You will see those flowers, and go check it out. Great. Try to figure out which one are the replacement flowers. <laughs> it's so wonderful having you on. It's great to meet and you. Thank we'll you. see you again in the spring, in summer the spring months. In the springtime, yes. Talk about edibles. Great. Excellent. Thanks again, Thank Roberta. Thank you. You've been listening to The Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Jerkel. Hoping to have you back here next Tuesday at 3. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.